let me give you seven steps to heaven. And besides this, given all diligence, add to your faith virtue, the virtue knowledge, the knowledge temperance, the temperance patience, the patience godliness, the godliness brotherly kindness. Good morning, and thank you for tuning in to the Walking by Faith podcast with Reverend Mark Hawks of Crossroads Ministries. Join him this morning as he picks up where he left off last Sunday, talking about standing on the promises of God. You may visit Crossroads Ministries online for platforms, monthly devotionals, and more. Crossroadsministries.webador.com This is a Walking by Faith podcast at Crossroad Ministries. Thank you so much for joining us here today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the Second Peter chapter 1, verse 5. Let me give you seven steps to heaven. And besides this, given all diligence, add to your faith virtue, the virtue knowledge, the knowledge temperance, the temperance patience, the patience godliness, the godliness brotherly kindness. Godliness? Oh, we don't want anything to do with that. Oh, what, whatever's good for me, that's what I want. The tooth fairy is going to leave me a... Tooth fire is going to give me a special blessing. Tooth fire is going to show me a special way to get to heaven. I've got a revelation from God that nobody else has got. And I'm, going to, I'm not going to share it with you because it's not for you. Because you're not as mature and as strong and close to God as I am. That's what a lot of them say. God has revealed to me something he ain't never revealed to nobody else. And I'm the only one that's got it. And it's my little secret. I've got a secret. I do too. There is no secret what God can do. Godliness. Brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be unfruitful in Christ, but he that lacks these things is blind and cannot see afar off. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 3, he has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Jesus says, if any man will not take up his cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. Jesus said that a man's enemies will be those of his own household. Seven steps to heaven, that's the seven steps. Faith, virtue, knowledge. Temperance, patience, godliness, brotherly kindness, charity, and above all, have fervent charity among you. The church is always going to have trouble with the world and the culture. The book of James says, Know you not that the friendship of the world is enmity against God. For if any man therefore shall be a friend of the world, he is the enemy of God. The world is hostile to the gospel of Jesus Christ. The world is hostile to a man of God that preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ. The world is hostile. The culture is against any Christian or man of God or woman of God or a teacher of God that proclaims what that saith the words of God. Most churches are just, well, I shouldn't use a broad sweep across everybody. It's not for me to judge. No, it's who are you judge? Well, you know, it's a fact. Many churches are just social gatherings, country club social gatherings, where seldom ever is the gospel. Many times, much, much of the gospel is just simply not preached. It's a social gospel. It doesn't call men to repentance. It's like going out and playing bingo. Matter of fact, a lot of them have bingo games going on because they're dead and twice plucked up by the roots. I'm not bragging. I'm just stating biblical fact, and it grieves my heart and my soul. Peter writes here about folding his tent. Folding our tent, what, what do you mean? That's a beautiful way that he puts about dying, that he knows that pretty soon he'll come to the end of his race. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 14, he puts it beautifully here. He says that, Knowing that shortly after I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. You know, that reminds me of one of the, uh, I forget which minister it was, 
I can't remember which one it, it's contributed to, but he says, the day you pick up the uh, morning newspaper and you read in the obituaries that I am dead. He said, don't you believe it? He said, upon that morning you read that I have died and I have departed from this world. Know you that on that day and time that I shall be more alive on that morning than I've ever been in my entire life. The Apostle Peter says here, and going back to the previous epistle, and it's beautiful, for as much as you know that you're not redeemed with corruptible things or silver and gold or vain conversation received from the traditions of our fathers, but you are redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb of God, who without spot and without blemish. John the Baptist, he told the truth when he stood down the riverbanks of Jordan, and Christ came to him and said, Baptize me, John. And John said, I have need to be baptized of you. How much it have felt, as that song says, to baptize the, the Lamb of God. He said, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. Precious blood of the Lamb of God. The Apostle Peter says here in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 16, just a few verses on down, after he talks about departing from this world. He says in verse 16, For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we have made known unto you the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Verse 17, For he received from God the Father honor and glory. When there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Now what's Peter talking about here? Well, it's recorded here in the book of St. Mark, chapter 9, in the book of Matthew, chapter 17, and in the book of Luke, chapter 9. It's called the Mount of Transfiguration. And this voice which came from heaven, we heard. And all of these Gospels, the Bible says that Jesus taketh with him Peter, James, and John, and they went up into the Mount of Transfiguration. And Peter is elaborating on this, recalling it. This is something that you can't forget. And he went to the mountain with him. And he said, this is my beloved son. They heard a voice. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And verse 18, now this voice which came from heaven, we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. Talk about going on top of the mount. Now that's reaching the mountain peak with Christ. Christ took them on the mount of transfiguration. And they saw his glory. And his raiment became white. Whiter than anything that's ever been white upon this earth. And he glowed with a brightness that was beyond belief. They saw just a little bit of Christ and his glory. Peter writes here in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 13 in the first epistle, And who is he that will harm you if ye be followers of that which is good? Second Peter chapter 2, Peter goes back into history just a little bit. And here in, I want to read in verse 4, beginning in verse 4, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. For if God spared not the angels that sinned and cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness. God has some angels, apparently from this verse. God has angels that are reserved held and bound in chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. Verse 5, Inspired not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. Verse 6, And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly. Verse 7, And delivered just Lot, Lot was Abraham's nephew, and delivered just Lot, and vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. Lot lived in Sodom and Gomorrah, but he vexed his soul with the filthy conversation of the wicked. Verse 8, was Lot a saved man? It says here, just Lot. He says he was, yeah, he was not in the terminology that we use today of being a Christian, but yes, he, he was a believer in the Old Testament dispensation. Peter writes here, delivered just Lot. Lot, Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. Jesus validated that it was real, that it happened. He said, remember Lot's wife. 
Verse 7, Peter writes, And delivered Lot vexed his heart and his soul. Being a righteous man, verse 8, proclaims him to be, For that righteous man, Lot, dwelling among them, and seeing and hearing and vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. Verse 9, The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation, and have reserved the unjust until the day of judgment to be punished. Then in verses 11 through 18, he gives a long list, a dirty laundry list of sins that were going on during the Apostle Peter's time in many of the churches and bringing heresies into the churches and trying to undermine the authority of Christ. Chapter 2, verses through 11 through 18 gives a long list of them. They bring in damnable heresies. They deny the Lord that brought them out of bondage. The way of truth is evil spoken of. <laughs> boy, boy, you could write a book and a library on that. The way of truth is evil spoken of. You stand up for the truth and you, you say something that's not politically correct today and you can end up in jail. If there's enough people to get on it, you're going to end up in jail. Because you know why? Because you know what's wrong with the gospel? The gospel is not politically correct. I'm just going to tell you right now, the gospel is not politically correct. God rained fire and brimstone upon the, the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and made them an example to all those that would live ungodly. Lot was wrong for being down there. Lot wanted to stay there. And Lot's family, his wife especially, you can see how much they were influenced. They were turned. They were told to leave the city. But Lot's wife turned back. Well, she didn't turn back. She just turned her head. I think her body was pointed in the right direction, but her head turned back. Her heart was down there. They had it good down there. Economically, they were doing better than good. But they were living in and around sinful, ungodly people. And he vexed his soul from day to day with their unrighteous and ungodly and wicked deeds. You say, preacher, that's not politically correct. You're absolutely right. It's not. But it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. The way of truth is evil spoken of. They walk after the flesh and the lust of uncleanness. They despise government. Speak evil of dig dignities. Natural brute beasts. Speak evil about which that they do not understand. Spots and blemishes in society. Eyes full of adultery that cannot cease from sin. Enticing unsteadfast souls. Hearts filled with covetousness. Children of cursing. Going straight. Wells without water. Clouds carried about with a tempest. Utter great swelling words of vanity. Vanity. Enticed through the lust of the flesh. Servants of corruption. Verse 19. While they promised them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. This reminds me of these phony politicians. They promise everything, they do nothing. They got the backbone of a blade of grass. Second Peter, chapter 3, the last chapter. The Apostle Peter writes and said, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, verse 9, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, Lord, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Verse 13. The Apostle Peter says this in the last chapter, verse 13. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. My friends, I hope and pray that this has blessed you. And I pray, Lord, that if you're lost and you don't know Christ, I pray today that the Spirit of God and the Word of God has convicted you and brought you to the saving knowledge of Christ. May the Lord bless each and every one of you. Until we meet again the next time, God bless.
Thank you for tuning in to the Walking by Faith podcast with Reverend Mark Hawks of Crossroads Ministries. You can visit Crossroads Ministries online, crossroadsministries.webador.com. Follow us on Facebook for our monthly devotionals, platforms, and more. If you would like to partner with Crossroads Ministries, you can donate through the Anchor or Spotify apps. And if you have a prayer request, reach out to us on Facebook via Messenger. Tune in again next Sunday, September the 26th at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time as Reverend Mark Hawks delivers a new message. Because we walk by faith, not by sight, we hope that this message has touched your hearts and your homes this Sunday.